GateWorld.net, I'm Darren Sumner. I'm so excited to be here with Simone Bailey, Kalel from Stargate SG-1. Welcome to GateWorld. Thank you for having me. I love GateWorld. We're here at GateCon 2018. It's the end of a long, fun convention. Yeah. Can you just share a little bit about the time that you've had here interacting with fans and why you do these events? Yeah, it has been an incredible few days. Um, I always make sure I can be here for the entire thing, and it's such an awesome time for everyone, all the cast, all the people who worked on the show and the fans to all come together. And it impresses me so much that people fly in from all over the world to congregate and then they make friends and you know we start to see some familiar faces. Everyone is so lovely and it really is Stargate family. And that is what it is. And even working on the show, that's always what it was. It always was, felt like family. It really is, and the yeah. Stargate family extends from the people who are there every day yeah. to the people who came in and did guest spots to the fans all over the world. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to go back and hear your story about casting. When, when you originally got on to SG-1, you started, we did a couple of Hacktail episodes. We'll talk mm -hmm. about the later Council stuff later. Mm -hmm. But uh, season seven's Birthright. Yeah. Was your first episode. Yeah, and at that time, I was fairly new to acting on TV. I had formerly been a, a theater actress, and I performed with a Shakespeare company and toured. And I don't think I had any idea when I got that audition for Stargate how many years it would continue. And, and the journey that I've been on has been amazing and incredible, and I'm so grateful for it. So when I walked into the room, I did my audition, I got the role, I was so ecstatic. I thought it was just a one episode part, and it evolved into three seasons recurring. So that was really, really cool. Um, and I loved the Hackdill stuff because Chris Judge created my character, he wrote birthright and sacrifices and it's nice that he had such a personal um, thumbprint on on the show and he was already so integrated on the show anyway it was really special for me Chris was told if you want more Jaffa stories you're gonna have to get involved and write them and mm -hmm. boy did he mm -hmm. the Jaffa storyline expanded and expanded here to include the Hakteel this this tribe of female Jaffa who were yeah. living under the oppression of Moloch. Moloch was the name of the goal. Yeah. Yeah, they were an all-female warrior women tribe and it was just so cool like even as an actress to step on that set and be part of that that colony of women and you know we're wearing like leather and chain mail and it's just like such an awesome empowering role and those are the kind of roles that I'm um, very attracted to as an actress and it was just a really incredible experience unforgettable for sure yeah as Chris as a writer and as the rest of the, the Stargate production team is developing this this new group of people this new warrior race they're figuring out who the Hocktail are. How do you step into that role uh, as an actress and figure out who Kalel is as part of this community? I think as an actress, one of the things I do is I take my cues off of the script. You have to endow a lot of trust in the writers that 
they know the show, that they, well, especially Chris Judge, of course he knows the show, that they have crafted something that if you just read it, I always take my first impressions from it, whatever that is. It could be sensory, it could be, okay, what does that make me think of as an actress? Or um, how can I envision myself in this? So I kind of have my own process because I was formerly trained in theater, so I, there's certain things that I can do to, to, to review a script and look at the tone. Also, it helps when you're familiar with the show and those tricks translate? Yeah, absolutely. Like you want to um, fall in line with what, what the show is doing and be part of it, complement it, you know? So yeah. yeah, that's really important. Now, if I remember right, mm -hmm. Birthright is largely a location stuff. You're out shooting on location and right. then in sacrifices, the hawk teal end up coming back to Stargate Command. What yeah. what stands out in your memory about those shooting those shooting days and how the location stuff differs from the stuff at the SGC? I loved going through the gate. Yeah. That's always the best. Every time I got to go through the gate, like they'd call cut and I'd kind of inside be like, yeah, like I went through the gate, you know. So I got to go through the gate twice. So it was really special, yeah. And it was also fun too because we had a horse on set that went through the gate in sacrifices and I am oddly allergic to horses. I love horses but I'm very allergic so it was funny watching the ADs be like okay the horse is over in you know this wing and Simone's over there we have to like separate the horse and Simone so that you know my, my eyes don't you know close and my you know mouth doesn't swell up. Very allergic yes yeah yeah I have ridden a couple horses in my youth, and uh, my body just did not agree with that very well. <laughs> so, yeah, but that was a lot of fun. Do you have memories of shooting particularly, uh, any particular scenes with the main cast, with Rick or Michael or, or Chris or Amanda? Um, yeah, definitely it was really cool for me to have scenes with the SGC stars, um, you know, especially RDA. I mean, that's a bucket list, like, wow, I got to act with him. Um, and Amanda constantly impresses me with how she had such uh, an ease and command of her dialogue always. And she's just so professional and such a kind and amazing human being. Um, and everyone was like that. All the cast were just lovely. And it was always a pleasure to work with everyone. One of the funny stories I have is when we were uh, filming later episodes in season nine when we were doing high council stuff there were two main studios that we filmed in so there was bridge studios which a lot of people um, even at this convention are going to visit which is awesome and then there's another studio called Norco Studios and Norco Studios was like a tin box it was made of metal and we were filming in the summertime and we're wearing as high council members these heavy heavy robes so wardrobe had told us you might be a little hot so maybe don't wear too much underneath 
Well, I got, <laughs> I got flashed what Chris Judge was wearing underneath, because of course they've got all the torches <laughs> um, happening in the scene, and you know there's fire and whatever, and they have to turn off the AC. It's starting to get so hot in there, and so in between takes, of course they've got the fans going, and Chris Judge, he's such a prankster, like he's so hilarious to work with. He was like flashing me what ended up being his underwear and I was like oh my goodness this is crazy and then another thing is I am one of those people that is deathly like anaphylactic allergic to tree nuts like to nuts right and so at one point we're at the high council area and Chris judges across the room like firing off pistachios at me, not knowing that I am deathly allergic to nuts. So I keep going, no, no, stop, no, no, really, no, I, I, I'm gonna die, like stop. And he's like, ha, 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 like, you know, pelting them at me. So it was just, but luckily I survived. Um, <laughs> so that's good, yeah. reflexes. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Cat-like Jaffa reflexes for sure. <laughs> So the show's on for such a long time. It's such a, a central part of the Vancouver film mm -hmm. industry. Yeah. Uh, lots of folks do kind of one-off roles. Maybe a character comes back a second time, like like yeah. you get called back in season eight for sacrifices. Mm -hmm. But then you get called back again. Again. In nine. Yeah, that was what was so cool for me because in the earlier episodes when I first started in season seven, we were on Hacktill and I was kind of lower in the ranks. And as the seasons progressed, I seemed to somehow get up there and all of a sudden it's like I'm leading the planet and I'm the representative for my tribe. She wasn't pulling um, people off, was she? No, no, she's not that duplicitous. But um, it was also really cool because I think I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure I was the only female council member mm -hmm. on the high council. So that also was pretty incredible for me. And then the other thing that really impressed me was I got to act with Lou Gossett Jr. Yes. And I'm a huge Enemy Mine, which is a yes. feature film you know, from way back uh, that I remember watching when I was younger and just being really uh, enthralled with his performance. So to be at a level playing field with Lou Gossett Jr., who's just a phenomenal actor, that definitely, like, the fangirl in me was like, eh, you know, but I had to yeah. keep my cool, yeah. And his character, Garrick, was just, he steamrolled through season nine. He was just present. Yeah, yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, and it's, it's so great as an actor to meet your heroes and when they're awesome, lovely people, then it just makes it, like, it makes you warm inside. Like, it's just like, yay, good, they're really nice, you know? And so it just, it, 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 it's the whole experience was amazing. I have nothing bad to say about Stargate. It's just, it's the best. Really yeah. positive experience in your career. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And that's why I love being at, um, conventions like this because it's just such a celebration of that of that love and and appreciation for the show yeah with reckoning at the end of season eight there's this this shift the the Gould are defeated the Jaffa are free and there's going to be a new Jaffa nation the Jaffa are going to be a people mm -hmm. on you know headquartered on the planet Takara that's mm -hmm. the, the starting point for season nine and season 10 with the Free Jaffa story. It was this moment in season nine when we started to see those council scenes and I recognized 
conspicuously there's one woman on the Jaffa High Council. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course there must be because of the Haktil. The Haktil have to have a representative. So I had this aha moment realizing who Kalel was and realizing they didn't just go create a new character and cast somebody new, they pulled somebody from those two episodes. Lucky me. <laughs> I'm like, yes, great, that's so good, I get to play again, you know, and it's, it's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. just fantastic. I just love everybody so much, and yeah. The season nine story that, that you're, you're recurring in as mm -hmm. Kalel moves the Jaffa toward democracy. That's where they get to in the episode Stronghold. Mm -hmm. uh, but Stronghold, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is the last for your character. Yeah. Is this really interesting kind of uncomfortable twist with Kalel? Because she gets brainwashed and she zaps uh, Mazray, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Mazray. Yeah. Um, and then it's kind of dot, 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 who knows what happens. Yeah, let's talk about the who knows what happens in a minute. But yeah. What, what did you think when you got this script and you, you read this, this turn that she had been brainwashed? I think it's super cool. Anytime you get to zap somebody, are you kidding me? That's so exciting. <laughs> It was cool. And even like the, you know, contraption they put in your hand, it's like, wow, this is like cool. I'm in space. Like, the this Zach is amazing. Gun. Yeah, the Zach yeah, guns are cool. And what was nice was one of um, the fans brought one of those. And so I got to play with it again. Nice. Yeah, it's really fun. I just keep going back to that moment, that moment where you discover that she's been brainwashed because she turned, it's almost as if she turns evil, right? She's not evil, mm -hmm. she's brainwashed. She's, she's of course still on the side of the free Jaffa. Yeah. But when she pulls out the zap, you realize she's uh -oh. working for Ball. That glimmer in your eye is just deliciously evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's because I'm half Chinese, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Well, that episode also, I think that was the episode directed by Peter DeLuise, who is the most extraordinary director to work with. Um, and we had a lot of fun as well doing that. That was really good. Yeah. So continuing the character's journey, we can mm -hmm. only speculate as to what happens to Kalel. There's We just rewatched the episode, and there's a, mm -hmm. there's a reference later in the episode about Kalel. They went back to her, and they got the intel that allowed the team to go and save Teal'c from Ball. So yeah. what do you think happens to Kalel after your last scene? Is she, is she rescued? I think she goes back to normal, and I think she comes back better and stronger. And I would love to see more from her. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> so should the stars align, you would be willing to revisit this character? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I can ask without, you, without even a hesitation, of yeah. course, yeah. I can ask you this much because Chris has, has spoken publicly about what he would love to do if he was given the opportunity. He would love to tell uh, a Jaffa origin story. He would love mm -hmm. to catch up on the Free Jaffa Nation. Yeah, he would. And now it's been a decade, and, and where are they at? And how's this whole democracy thing working out? Yeah. That's a, a story that might have a, a, a place for a, a high council woman. Yeah, and also 
I mean, I don't know if it would work, but in my mind, I would love to see a new, uh, a new Stargate-inspired show to do with the Jaffa. And in my involvement, it almost be like a Xena warrior princess, where it's just like awesome, diverse, strong female role stuff, and we can carry on the same values from SG-1 into a new series. I think that would be really cool, and just be like a really great show about exploration um, and humanity, and with that warrior spirit, though, that the Jaffa have, you know? Yeah, because that's what I loved about Stargate. It had a lot of play and fun, but it also had a lot of humanity and action, and you really never knew what to expect on the other side of the gate. And I think there's a potential for just so many more great stories from that. Yeah. What are you doing these days? What can we look for you in now that Stargate is for now, receded into the sunset a bit. Mm -hmm. I just came back from filming in Montreal on a new series, which is an action-adventure series, similar to maybe like an Indiana Jones, but modern day, with flashbacks. Um, and it is about a art antiquities expert and a cunning thief, and they team up to track down and stop a known terrorist who's funding his terror through art, which if you look back at Hitler back in the day, that right. is what happened. They would plunder all these countries and take their art and antiquities and, and put it into, um, well, they'd steal it for themselves, but then also, you know, there's a lot of currency there too. Um, and the show is called Blood and Treasure. And I got to work with James Callis again, Baltar from Battlestar Galactica. And so he and I had worked on the show finale of Battlestar together. So it was just extraordinary to be reunited with him again on a new series. So that's coming out. Blood and Treasure is coming out in summer 2019 on CBS. And it'll also be available on Amazon. And I can't wait. So please tune in. It's going to be so good. It sounds like a really cool show. Yeah, it's going to be great. And the, it's going to redefine CBS, absolutely. Yeah, it's like nothing you've ever seen. It's a big show. Yeah. Yeah. And they're filming in Montreal, Italy, and Morocco. Wow. Like travels all over. Yeah. It's extraordinary. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a real treat for me, Simone. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. And thank you, guys. We all love you! Mwah! <laughs>